Hey, you're listening to Guat.Rocks, God, the World, and Other Things. I'm Kenny Price, your host. Our mission, Advancing Equilibrium in the Midst of an Agitated World. This is Season 9, Episode 181. Title, Happy Valentine's Day, Susan. Subtitle, Fond Memories of Favorite Restaurants from Our Past. Well, as I write and record this episode, my sweetheart of 44 years is recovering in a family member's second house in quarantine with the virus. Fortunately, it was a milder form with mainly fever and aching, and she's now on the downhill side of the situation. But she'll be in quarantine until Thursday, February 17th, which means we will not be able to celebrate Valentine's Day together. That saddens me. The circumstances surrounding her infection are a huge blessing in the midst of the storm of this viral inconvenience. I say huge blessing in the midst of the storm because we received word from her daughter-in-law in the early morning hours Saturday, February 5th, that her water had broken and she was getting ready to go to the hospital to deliver our fourth grandchild and third grandson named Tucker David Price. Her due date was the middle of February, but she was showing signs of birthing sooner. My son couldn't join her for the delivery because he was sick with fever. My daughter-in-law called her best gal friend to see if she could come accompany her to the hospital and help her with the delivery. She was agreeable, but wanted to know if my son had the virus. He'd been sick since Wednesday, but had tested negative. The best friends had a rapid test, which the husband brought over in the night, and my son tested very positive. So the gal friend with a baby the same age as my daughter-in-law's was not able to escort her to the hospital. My daughter-in-law called a friend who is a doula, and I'm not exactly sure what that is, but somehow they assist in birthing, but they're not a midwife. But she called the doula and she agreed to take her to the hospital. My wife had to go over to my sick son's house to care for their toddler, who showed no signs of illness at the time. Later that evening, our grandson started running fever. So the next morning on Sunday, my wife took our grandson to the doctor for examination. They tested the baby for several viruses. A couple of hours later, after returning home, she received word that our grandson tested positive for the virus also. She then had to go into action to disinfect the house since the new baby was coming home the next afternoon. My wife's son and grandson then moved to another house owned by our extended family who also have a home in California. Fortunately, this is the time of the year that they're in California and they've been so kind to let our family quarantine there. My son and grandson will get to go home on Tuesday with my wife coming home on Thursday. So I thought in lieu of being able to take my sweetheart of 44 years out on Valentine's Day, I'd honor her with a few special memories from our date night excursions. Date night excursion number one. Susan and I went on our first date to the Pizza Inn in Euless, Texas on December 4th, 1977. This past December was the 44th anniversary of our first date. I can still remember sitting side by side in the booth that night. It was Sunday night and all the youth group met there to hang out and eat pizza. Those were special times for our youth group and sweet times for me and Susan. The Pizza Inn had a cozy atmosphere and really good pizza, especially the crust. Number two, the Bonanza in Euless, Texas, which was the traditional chain restaurant but really run well by a caring owner. The steak was char-grilled and tasty. Because we knew the owner, he gave us a really good deal to host our wedding rehearsal dinner there. Neither one of our families were well off financially, but it was sure nice to share together in a good steak dinner with all the people in our wedding party. I can now hear in my mind a particular lifelong friend laughing as I referred to a Bonanza steak as a really good steak. But keep in mind that the owner did serve choice great steaks and he did a first rate job of customer service and it was char grilled. Number three, our favorite restaurant of all time was Daniel's located in Arlington, Texas, which was a precursor to Chili's. 
It was American food served in a Southern California field. The front of the restaurant faced North Collins Street on the west side across from what is now the Dallas Cowboys ATT Stadium. It had an atrium greenhouse type curved roof that flowed over a two-level dining experience. There were ivy plants hanging all around and growing throughout the place. We always sat on the upper level that overlooked the main drag. Susan's favorite dish was the guaco tacos, which were flour tortillas with cheese and pinto beans inside. No meat. Number four, a tie for our favorite restaurant of all time was the China Garden Restaurant in Euless, Texas. It is our number one Chinese restaurant of all time. David Min was the owner. He cooked the best fried rice, China Garden beef, which is a Mongolian-style beef prepared David's way, sweet and sour chicken, and a great tempura breaded chicken breast glazed in a honey sauce and cut diagonally and served on a bed of rice. David was the hardest working restaurateur I have ever met. He worked for three years straight without taking one day off. I found this out when a friend and I went to the restaurant one day to talk to him about Jesus. In all his life, he had never heard about Jesus though he had been in the States for many years. When I asked David if he knew Jesus, he said, no, does he come in here? I was blessed to run into David decades later in the Costco in South Lake, Texas. When I saw David and his wife, I recognized them immediately. David Men's China Garden was the place where my wife introduced me to Chinese food. Number five, La Casita Mexican Restaurant, located in Arlington, Texas. It was our number one Mexican food restaurant of all time. It was an amazing vintage place started in 1952 with enclosed booths. The smell of the classic ribeye steak platter cooking was amazing and it tasted just as good as it smelled. It was one of the first Mexican food places in Arlington. As the city began to develop, they were no longer unique and just started losing customers. It converted to a catfish restaurant in 1991. It was a real loss. I have included in the show notes a link to a Google book that has a photograph of the building taken after the sign changed to Catfish Sam's. Once on the page, you have to move down just a bit to read the caption. Number six, Papa Do's Seafood Kitchen located in Arlington, Texas. It was one of our favorite places to eat good seafood. It's still open and in the same location on North Copeland Road, which is the service road that runs on the south side of I-30. Though Papa Do's is a part of a large conglomerate called Papa's Restaurants, and they encompass most of the different genres of food, their particular location on the North Copeland Road was amazing. As you look at the Google Maps link I've included in the show notes, you can see that the building was built next to a wooded drainage ravine that runs along the west side of the building. The front of the building was close to the main freeway with the minimum parking in front, so almost all of the parking was in the back. You have to walk up the west side of the building to get around to the front door. When you reach the west side of the building, the entire path is a boardwalk like a dock that's hung out over the drop-off down to the creek, which is populated with post oak trees. The Zydeco music blasting from the outdoor speakers, the boardwalk, the trees, and the drop to the wooded creek all lend itself to the feel that you're making your way through to a Louisiana backwater establishment. It was a great architectural design that accomplished great aesthetics right in the heart of a major metropolitan area. Sadly, they changed the whole atmosphere from Zydeco to sedate New Orleans jazz and the interior from whimsical New Orleans party style to fine dining. I've included a map to the restaurant in the show notes and a link to Papa's Restaurants, which is an interesting food group to check out. Number seven, Steak and Ale, which was located at 916 Six Flags Drive in Arlington, Texas. It was known for the well-stocked salad bar with chilled, ice-cold glass plates, the Kensington Club Steak, the New York Strip, herb-roasted prime rib, filet mignon, and the Hawaiian chicken. 
It was a corporate chain, but the English-British atmosphere with its Tudor architecture, rough stucco walls and rustic beams and cozy rooms that felt like a residence with low ceilings was quiet in a really peaceful atmosphere. The dining rooms were segmented and small to evoke a home-like setting. Susan and I really enjoyed eating steak there. Number nine, Mariano's in Arlington, Texas. It's an authentic Mexican food restaurant launched in 1971 by Mariano Martinez, who imagined a unique Mexican cuisine restaurant concept in Dallas, which he opened with $500 and an SBA loan. The Arlington location was a place that was special to me and Susan. Susan still remembers a birthday dinner where they placed a large sombrero on her head and sang to her happy birthday. The flautas were amazing and they were her favorite dish. Number 10 and final, Platter's Cafe in Arlington. It was a 50s-style restaurant that featured a live band that played an oldies show starting at 9 p.m. on the weekends. Two of my former band high school mates played drums and saxophone in the band, and it was really outstanding. At 9 o'clock, the tables were pulled back and made room for the show to begin. It is a unique experience when you can find a place that has great food, great atmosphere, great live entertainment, at a great cost. Platters was that place. In just a few days, Susan and I will celebrate our 41st wedding anniversary on February 27th. We were married in 1981. I'm crazy in love with Susan more than ever. We are a great anomaly in today's culture where people are with multiple partners before, during, and after marriage. Susan and I can testify that approaching love and marriage God's way works. We have no regrets, only joy and thanksgiving. We have two amazing sons who love Jesus. They are married to fine women who also love the Lord. And we have four great grandkids now that Tucker's here. In preparation for this podcast, Susan and I discussed all the restaurants that came to mind that we've enjoyed in our past together. I covered only the top 10 here. Researching all the restaurants revealed that the overwhelming number of our lifetime favorite places have gone out of business. But since that first date with my wife at the Pizza Inn in Eulis, it's been 44 years. The restaurant business can appear at times to be a glamorous endeavor, especially if the particular establishment hits a cultural nerve at just the right moment. But as you can see from just my limited past, no restaurant, regardless of how cool and how great they can be, is immune from going out of business. In some ways, maybe that's how it's supposed to work. We want what we like to last forever. But a restaurant that really makes a hard connection into your life is by nature organic and unique. It's an impression in time. And for that time, it has significance in your life. You and I are constantly changing. We need to make new memories and seek out eclectic, independent restaurants and give them a try. When you find one that has a quaint, cool atmosphere, great food, and a place that gives you great vibes, frequent them with your dining dollars when you can. Reward restaurateurs who are getting it right with your business. When things change, thank God for the good memories and move on. Susan and I are planning a delayed Valentine's Day celebration at a local restaurant here in our city that we've talked about trying ever since we moved here three and a half years ago. I'm looking forward to the special date with my sweetheart. And with that, my friend, I bid you peace.